If you're like me, you have electronics hanging around your home with data on them and you're just not sure what to do. You can't simply dispose of them because they do have confidential data. And a lot of times when you went to upgrade your device, the amount of money that was offered simply didn't seem worth it. So here's the good news. There is a new franchise called the Paymore Group that basically it's an upscale secondhand shop for electronics. They will ensure the confidentiality of your data, that it's wiped clean and give you a fair cash price for your secondhand electronics. And then you can buy some great electronics as well. And they are growing leaps and bounds. Join me in this episode of Franchise You as I talk with Stephen Pruce and Eric Helgeson, the co-founders, as they tell us about this exciting and growing franchise. Welcome to the Franchise You Podcast, where key industry leaders provide education and inspiration. Here's your host, Dr. Kathy Gosser, the director of the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. Welcome to another episode of Franchise You. And do I have some great guys with me today. Please join me in welcoming Stephen Proust and Eric Helgeson, who are the co-founders of Paymore. Hey, Stephen and Eric, we're so glad you're here with us. Happy to be here, Kathy. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. So, Stephen, you are the CEO of the Paymore Group. And Eric, you're the president of the Paymore Group. So, Stephen, you have a 20-plus year career as an entrepreneur with a focus on commercial real estate. And Eric, you became a franchisee right out of college, which is pretty interesting to me, of Quick Drop. And from there, you were a teacher. Then in your spare time, as if teachers have spare time, you started a secondhand store with Stephen in New York, the president of the franchise. So you both started together with your first secondhand store in 2005 in Long Island, and you sold everything then from furniture to electronics. After several years with just incredible results, you realized that the sweet spot was really electronics. And so you relaunched in 2011 with Paymore Electronics, which we'll talk about in a minute. But first, let's talk about the two of you. So Stephen, we'll start with you. You have a background in commercial real estate. Can you talk about that journey a bit more and how that helps your franchise? Sure. Uh, For the past 20 plus years, uh, I was a vice chair at a publicly traded uh, commercial real estate firm. I was one of the highest producing uh, advisors in New York City uh, during that time. Uh, I've been a part of nearly a thousand transactions for about $8 billion in volume. So uh, very active, built a lot of uh, high performing teams, and that carries over very well to uh, my position now here uh, at Paymore. Oh, absolutely. I think about having a real estate background and how helpful that must be. But why develop the secondhand store concept? So uh, we kind of fell into it by accident in 2005. Uh, a, a mutual friend introduced us and, you know, we were thinking about some business possibilities and ideas. And, you know, Eric and I grew up in middle class families in, in Long Island. And, you know, if there was, a, you know, a widely spread secondhand store, I think my family would be there, you know, uh, on a daily basis. And I'm sure Eric would agree with that. So in 2005, we launched our first secondhand store. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, it wasn't Paymore at that point in time. It took uh, several years to get to the point where we repermutated as, as Paymore. But, you know, and we had a, a great first several years together. Uh, I would say we did probably more wrong than right, but we learned a lot. And at the end of the, that first tranche of time, we took away the most important pillars. Ah, uh, That's great. Thanks for sharing that part. And Eric, let's talk about you for a minute. So you were a franchisee at a very early age. What lessons did you learn that have prepared you for today? 
just create solid replicable processes, you know, processes that can be followed. Uh, mm -hmm. These processes should, should focus on efficiencies, creating efficiencies and driving sales to the franchisee. And, and most importantly, you know, focus on the franchisee and, and you know, what they need. Put yourself in, in their position and, and make your critical business decisions based off what they need on their daily operations. Sounds so easy, but it's not easy to do. Thanks for that part. But, you know, your area of expertise is systems and IT infrastructure. So how did you learn that important skill and how does it impact the work you all do now? Uh, I'm self-taught. Uh, at the age of 15, back in the late 90s, I, I became just uh, obsessed with with programming and creating programs to solve problems. And uh, really, you know, carrying over today is, is creating code and programs to solve these problems and monetize them. But now it's, you know, how do we create these these programs that can continue to propel our business and keep us ahead of the curve? Yeah, that just amazes me when you say self-taught in IT. I don't put those words in the same sentence. So good on you. That sounds pretty difficult. Thank both of you for that information. So you know what? Let's talk about your company, Paymore Group. So when you relaunched your secondhand store, it was focused on electronics. That was in 2011. And I read that you had two missions. And the first one was to change the stigma with the secondhand industry, which is fascinating, and focus on electronics, which, gosh, have become such a necessity in all of our lives. And before you knew it, in 2017, I read you were the largest secondhand store in Long Island and you had no marketing. And you started with a mere 50,000, which may sound like a lot, but it's not to start a business. So you had a niche that everyone needed. Will you talk about that relaunch, one of you, please? Sure, I'd be happy to. As I mentioned before, uh, when we, we first uh, embarked on that uh, secondhand store, towards the end of that run in 2010 or 11, uh, we saw a couple uh, real needs in, in the marketplace and uh, technology and electronics at that point in time with our first store was becoming our most voluminous product, our most profitable product. Uh, and at that point in time in 2010, it was really changing electronics, that is, from a need to an absolute necessity. Um, and then we looked around further and there wasn't really any optionality in the secondhand space. Uh, you either have to go to a big box store and pay a thousand or two thousand dollars for a phone or go to that same big box store and get caught into their gift card ecosystem. Um, so we wanted to provide that optionality in the electronics. And the other part and pillar uh, of Paymore when we relaunched in 2011 was that we realized the secondhand industry was full of stigmas. You know, when you think of secondhand industry, you think of kind of shady dealings, you know, dark alley, uh, not above board, not a fair deal. So we wanted to, to really disrupt the entire secondhand industry and make it part of everyday life, bringing it into a regimented process uh, and clean stores with educa educated people and, and a friendly experience, which, which we've done so. Our, our repeat client ratio now is about 80 percent, uh, which in the secondhand industry uh, historically is about seven or eight percent. So we've 10 X that, which just shows that our processes are really sticky. Once people are educated and experience our systems, they usually come back so fast forward to 2017, um, you know, six years into the Paymore relaunch, we really picked our heads up and we were the number one grossing secondhand store in all of Long Island, which has several million people. We never did a stitch of marketing. We had lines out the door. We were doing millions of dollars of sales into uh, what I like to say a store that we probably wouldn't approve in, in today's franchise. And we knew that we had something. We knew that we unlocked the code. Um, and we really needed to expand. And in 2017, you know, that's when we really, um, you know, took it to the next level and, and started our expansion through franchising. You know, that is an amazing story. And I like what you did there with Unlock the Code and Electronics. That was uh, pretty pithy. But let's talk about your secondhand store. 
Let's talk about what the concept is. So it's where customers can trade in their old electronics for cash and you ensure the safe removal of data. Or customers can buy gently used electronics. Tell us more about how your concept operates from a consumer's point of view. Great, I'll take this. Uh, so, you know, we we created a beautiful looking store, educated staff, and great technology to to really speed up and make the uh, secondhand transaction uh, more enjoyable for the for the consumer. So, we invite them to come into our stores and uh, bring their old or even broken electronics in. We look them up through our our state of the art proprietary software. Uh, we give them a, a great cash deal right on the spot. And we wipe those devices right in front of them, assisting them to remove any any cloud accounts and, and walking them through how to remove the, the data straight from the device. We're able to put cash back into the community's hands instead of gift cards like big box stores or uh, you know adding another two years onto your onto your phone contract. So we're giving the customers optionality right at that counter uh, to spend the cash the way they, they feel they need to. Uh, on the flip side, they can trade those devices in to reduce the the purchase amount of something that we have in the store, which mm. is uh, you know maybe next uh, last year's model that comes with an extended pay more warranty. Uh, so customers can feel free to shop in store or online, but they we have a wide selection of devices ranging from phones, tablets, laptops, game systems, all at unbeatable prices with these warranties. Uh, so we're really giving accessibility to to different groups across the demographic scale here on you know, used devices that work. Maybe they need it for school. Maybe they need it for work. Maybe they want to start their own business like we did. But we're giving those devices uh, a second life uh, by repurposing them. And you know, when I think about, I mean, what a brilliant concept. Because when I think about when you go to upgrade your phone, what they typically offer you toward a new phone is such a small amount that you'll, you're like, I'll just give it to a family member because it's not even worth it. So I think you've really found something that no one has thought of and is only going to grow to your point, which is why it's been so fascinating to me. So let's talk about that data confidentiality, because honestly, that's a huge issue for me. And when I look around our home, we have quite a few electronics we probably need to dispose of, but we're concerned about the data confidentiality. Can you talk just a little bit more about that? Sure. You know, that's really one of the biggest pain points that we found, uh, you know, through polling the customers is, you know, they're looking to sell these things, or maybe they don't even know it has value, but it sits because of that data aspect. So again, we invite the customers to come in and talk to our, our technicians and let them wipe that data right in front of them so they can see when they leave that they're comfortable. They know that it was wiped and it's not out there. When you're selling something to a different individual or you're mailing something out to a company, you don't know exactly if that data has been wiped. So we like to bring that back on a localized level and position ourselves between you know, these kind of unknowns and, and fraud and hardships of selling your own devices and, and taking care of that right at the counter with a handshake with, with the cash with them walking out and them doing their part from the environment as well, because we can repurpose these things. You know, that's the piece that I've often thought of too with your company is you really are helping the environment as well, because you think about where are all these electronics ending up in our landfills, right? And last time I checked, they probably don't degrade very well. So that's a huge, um, that's a huge plus for your company as well. So let's talk about your point of distinction, which is the creation of software. And I'm going to talk about franchising in a moment, but you also talk about this software creation that helps your franchisees. So Eric, you even said this quote that I just love, that you are a technology and data company wrapped in a retail blanket. Would you unpack that for us? Sure. Uh, so our biggest investment by far is in technology. Uh, we are four to five years out at all times. Uh, we we command over 58 programmers in this company, and our biggest uh, our tech stack varies over cloud, mobile, 
hardware, software. I mean, we're, we're really piling into this. And our data alone from what we're collecting from every device that's sold to every device that's bought, everything that's traded all in between, we have every make, model, condition, we have live pricing. We're taking all of this data, we're crunching it all in a, in a simple sense and pushing it back to our franchisees and our staff and line members to be able to make better decisions, both buying and selling. So every time we buy something, every time we sell something, no matter where it goes between the shipping, the retail, which channel, our mega store, we have all that. We're bucketing all that together and we're producing some very exciting things that are coming up. So your franchisees basically at their fingertips have software that help them price technology accurately. Is that what you're saying? Correct. And Kathleen, every store that comes on and every staff member that joins our team is contributing to that data that is further refining this program. Ah, that's wonderful. I see exactly what you mean. It continues to evolve based upon the data you input. That's pretty amazing. And then you have a mega store. What's the mega store? So the mega store is our uh, you know competition version of Amazon or or what have you. We're bringing all of our franchisees together as our sellers, and we're putting all of their inventory on this site that's searchable across every store. It's searchable across location. You can just type in uh, Super Mario Brothers in that site, or you can look for a vintage Nintendo 64, whatever it is, it'll filter down to which store has that potential product. And you can buy from that store, or you can buy from as many stores as you want. You can walk into the store, but we are listing all these products that we have for sale across the whole country from every store on this one website in a live fashion. So if somebody walks into one of our retail stores and purchases that said device, it'll pull it right off that mega store. So it's, it's, it's live, it's ready to go. We have new devices every day and we have great pricing on there, free shipping. Oh, I've got to look at that. So this mega store is online. It's not an actual retail outlet. It's, it's your online. Oh, that is fascinating. Is that in pay? Is that paymore.com? That's, you can access that from paymore.com. Uh, the URL is shop.paymore.com. Just check it out. Perfect. We want to have that on there for sure. So one more thing before I go into the franchising component is that you're very involved in giving back. Um, even on your website, you encourage people to reach out to you for assistance. Can you tell us about your philosophy and maybe provide a couple of examples? Sure. You know, we also recycle electronics. Uh, you know, if, if we can't find value in something that comes in or if a business has an, an overstock of outdated equipment, we'll recycle that. But with what comes with that is some of these devices can still be used. So a lot of the times what we'll do instead of recycling to end of life, we'll try to put it back in someone's hands that can use it uh, you know, free of charge. So we've, yeah. we've done some donating on that side of things. And we do invite uh, you know, some of the community to come in on certain days to be able to help them with certain tech things that they potentially can't uh, figure out or need some assistance with. Oh, that is wonderful. And how do you encourage your franchisees to do the same? It's easy. Uh, we, we only bring good people into our system. They're, they're willing to get out there with the community and, and they're, it, it comes naturally. I can imagine that when you're choosing franchisees, that's something that's very important to you. Very important. As well. I can see that. So let's talk about franchising. Why did you all decide to leverage franchising as a growth vehicle for your company? I mean, you were already doing amazing with your one store. Why grow through franchising? Well, back in 2017, when, when we knew that we had to expand, we went through the machinations of, of different options. As mentioned before, I, I have a, you know, a, a successful background in real estate. So I looked at Eric and said, you know, let's expand. But, you know, if it was just the two of us expanding, we were based in New York. I think we were lucky to get into Jersey and Connecticut over uh, a several year period. But, you know, we, we really took a step back and said, listen, our customer base is all over the map from younger to older. Uh, the income levels that, that come into our store are, uh, you know, up and down the scale as well. It's such a wide range uh, of customers 
And, you know, we knew what we had in, in, in Massapequa, New York, with our first store. So we knew that this needed to be in every community, um, urban, suburban, or otherwise. Uh, so we looked into our options and we settled on franchising. And in 2017, we launched uh, as far as getting into all the approval process. And in 2020, uh, we were approved and uh, off and running with franchising. And 2020 was a year that none of us will forget. It was the sure. beginning of COVID. How did that affect your plans? Because there you were ready to go. You had done all the work and then boom, the world shuts down. How did that affect pay more? It was actually, uh, Eric and I talk about this sometimes on, on the, the last three year journey, um, you know, since we started uh, on the franchising and it was really a blessing in disguise. Um, you know, everything shut down for six months, which uh, even though we're aggressive with our growth, Eric and I are, are conservative people. Uh, so we took that time and we were probably 95% of the way there to, to really fine tune that, that remaining 5%. Uh, we also took that time to build out our team a little bit more properly. Um, everyone in our corporate office has grown through the pay more system, uh, but we brought in some key third parties as far as franchise development, uh, legal, accounting, and otherwise to put together what we, we think is a superstar team. So it was actually a blessing in disguise. Uh, and then when the, the world did reopen, uh, we were really raring to go at that point. Sounds like it. So we're going to talk about that growth in a second. But I'm interested in knowing, so you have this wonderful concept. You're doing great. You're the number one secondhand store in all of Long Island, which is has a huge population and many retail outlets. So what does someone have to do when they start franchising? What were some of your first steps to start franchising your brand? So as Eric mentioned before, we put together programmatic systems, right? We, okay. we wanted to duplicate the success that we had um, in New York. Um, we actually opened a second store in a completely different arena in, in very suburban Cary, uh, North Carolina. Um, and that did extremely well and, and even in some circumstances better than New York. Um, so we proved it out in two different markets. Since 2011, Eric and I were always thinking ahead. Uh, all of these systems that we put in place, we were building out to expand at some point in time. We probably could have expanded a little bit earlier, but we really took our, our time to put it together. Um, so we we built those systems. So now when the stores do open, uh, it's really just turning on the key, opening the door uh, and just following our system. So that the systems are the most important part and also putting a, the right team around us, the support team. Uh, we like to think we have one of the best support teams out there. And that's also another key to our success. That's great. You know, I've heard many franchisees have told me their best advice to other franchisees is follow the system. There's a reason it's been successful. So trust the system and follow it. That's what you've bought into. So you now have about 20 open and almost 150 stores in development. So how did that happen so quickly? How did you manage to pull that one off? <laughs> um, the stores are successful. We treat each and every store like it's one of our babies. And we're bringing in the right people. Um, Eric and I say no to a lot of people. You know, we, you know, just because somebody has, you know, money in the bank doesn't mean that they're qualified. Uh, we have an ecosystem that we we look at as family, and and everyone that comes in, we we look at them if they're a good person. I know that sounds a little corny, but that's usually one of the first things that you know we look at, um, and if they have the same mindset as us. And an approach we take, and, and Eric and I look at ourselves as kind of new age franchisors. You know, we look at every single specific person, geography, and really kind of just the overall silo of that person differently 
uh, for each and every every uh, area and person and uh, or potential franchisee. So we've actually grown pretty quickly internally. Uh, what we'd like to do is bring in somebody that we like to work with. And, um, you know, we don't like to put a, an overbearing type of uh, area development schedule in front of them. We want them to grow comfortably. Obviously, it has to be in a, in a timely business matter, but uh, we're not looking just to sell stores here. So we have a a, a, um, a stat here that's, I, I think, as far as everyone I've, I've spoken to is, is unheard of in the industry. We've had 85% of the franchise that we franchisees that we brought in either expand either take more units in their uh, existing area or buy additional units um so i think that's kind of a a pat on the back that the system is working that we're picking the right people that they're enjoying what they're doing and, and we're not something that you know people fully get first time around right we're not a food franchise it's it's not like you're going to a hamburger franchise or to a pizza franchise where there's a lot of carryover we're one of one we created the industry mm -hmm. um and we don't uh, try to push more units on our franchisees um you know we want a comfortable agreeable area development schedule and typically you know once they get into the system either go through training meet our support staff see how involved Eric and I are from day one in all aspects, uh, or open their store and, and start doing very well. Typically within the first three months, they're coming back to us. And that's what we want. You know, we want one person in an area opening 20 stores, even if it takes a little bit longer that way, Eric and I are fine with it. And, you know, we've been doing this now for nearly two decades. And if it takes another two decades to build this out right, we're okay with it. Um, so that's what we want to do. We want to grow internally. We want to be loyal to our first movers. We want them to, to open up more stores over time. So a big key to that was picking the right people from the beginning and allowing them to grow and, and fully get educated on the system and come back to us and, and talk about expansion. Well, congratulations to you. Those are wonderful statistics. You're exactly right about that. But I got to go back to something you said. You said, first of all, they have to be a good person. Oh my gosh, Stephen, tell me how you figure that one out. <laughs> Well, you know, Eric and I, we like to think we're good people. Um, we balance each other out perfectly, you know, with his uh, expertise and, you know, the tech side and operations and mine in the business and real estate. Um, and together, you know, we make decisions pretty quickly. So if, if we're both nodding and, and thinking that this person can be a value add to our system, a good person, someone, you know, we'd like to hang out with, uh, you know, a good family person, Eric and I are, are good family people as well. Um, you know, it's it's usually pretty easy when you when you have you know two good people that you trust, you know, at the top making these decisions. It makes our decisions for people to come in um that are appropriate for our system pretty easy. I can I can see that. Because once you get to know folks, and I like what you said about what I want to hang out with them. That I can see that being a, a good qualifier. So what kind of skills do your franchisees have to have? Do they have to know electronics? Do they have to have sold anything? I mean, what skills do you look for, if any? So actually, no, our first several franchisees actually had no technology experience. And, you know, it's the evolution of the franchise, you know, the quality of the franchise. And we love our first movers, our first few. Uh, but typically it takes a little bit of time before you get uh, a little bit more of a business background or accredited background to come into a system. Um, so our first few movers didn't have any business experience or technology experience. And we're proud to say that they're all on their second, third and fourth stores. So, you know, what we found is most successful is really either one of two things. Um, they either have been in the franchise industry and 
have scaled. Uh, we like to pride ourselves that we're highly scalable and we have a lot of people that have come in that have opened one store and now signing four or five leases at a time. Uh, you know, we're low cost, inexpensive, relatively speaking, compared to our earnings. Um, you know, we run our stores, which do these explosive sales off of four people instead of 15 or 20, like a, uh, like a food franchise or ours, um, you know, our are uh, you know very favorable. Um, Eric and I believe in quality of life, so our, our hours are like ten to seven Monday to Friday, a few hours on the weekend. So all those things they attract you know these these people in the uh, franchise industry, and and most of them come from either food or uh, automotive. You know very what I call heavy lift, uh, expensive, long to open, uh, a lot of labor, and you know those those groups and people who have. Uh, expanded and have built these uh, mini empires and uh, opened up 10 or 20 or 30 or 50 stores in, in a different industry, they know how to scale. They know how to work with people. And when they come here and they realize that it's it's a much easier lift, um, they grow very quickly. Eric and I want them to be in a store. We're not looking for um, you know absentee owners or, or someone who's just going to add us as a seventh or eighth uh, business on their portfolio. We want them to understand it. They can grow very quickly and they can be out of that store within six months. But, you know, we want those people to be in the store learning this, this unique and one, one of a kind business. And then they can expand. Um, but we've also had people outside of the, um, uh, the franchise industry. We've had, uh, actually several tech executives, um, you know, that have been working for a large company for, you know, decades and now, you know, they want to go off on, on their own and, and build a legacy for themselves and build equity for their family. Um, and this is really a good fit for them because this has electronics. And as, as you mentioned, and Eric's uh, moniker is that we're a technology and data company. And that plays very well to people who, who have been executives that see uh, the real need for it. And there, there's really no other options out there in the, in the franchise world like Paymore at this point in time. And, you know, that's an interesting angle because there are folks like me who have retired after many years at a wonderful company that want to do something different. So that's an excellent angle. Thanks for sharing all of that. That was great. So I did a little reading of your FDD, which I like to do, and I'm just going to ask you a couple questions about it. And the one that really popped out at me is that you have a mystery shopper program. So I started as a mystery shopper at KFC back in the 80s. So of course that popped out at me. Would you mind telling us about that? Sure. So we uh, we want a certain quality control, like every franchise does, um, and it's not really meant to uh, you know deter franchisees or have you know one eye open at all point in time. But we just really quality control uh, for people to come in and, and make sure that um, you know they're having a quality experience, a friendly experience. Obviously, it's it's not just only you know, serving the local communities, but we have a larger goal at this point in time, which is really to change the way people look at the secondhand industry. And that's, that's extremely important to, and, and we've seen that, um, that is something that's well, well-rounded our business. And, you know, we've seen the repeat customer rate, uh, back in 2007, it was 60 and now it's almost 90% in the high eighties. So, um, it's very important for us to have a very, uh, friendly, uh, and fair, educated experience for the customer. And then that mystery shopper is just one part of it. So like they come in and they're actually looking at, does the person understand the industry? Are they able to keep my data confidential? All those kind of elements I would expect is what you look at. Correct. All, all the checklist items that yeah. we discussed on this call, uh, that all goes into making sure that they have a, uh, an enjoyable and fair experience. 
Well, that's great. Well, I applaud that. And um, that was fun for me to see, actually. You also mandate third-party leadership training. Now, that was fascinating. And that's for the general manager. Can you talk about that for a moment? Sure. Um, there's, there's a lot of aspects into this. Um, you know, we, we send a director of support down to their store when they open. Uh, we have them participate on, on certain boards that have been implemented or were implementing um, either through uh, some of the, the, the store leaders um, or people who have come in with, with different backgrounds of experience. Um, so we want every one of our area developers to champion not only their area, but champion the brand. Uh, again, that all goes back to picking the right people, um, but we want them to be our partners. Uh, we don't look at them as franchisees. We want them to grow. We want them to build equity. And so that that's all part of the larger picture of, of Eric and I wanting to empower and, and them champion uh, you know, their part and, and their duty for the brand. Mm-hmm. And the third party is smart. Obviously, with the joint employer regulations that are out there, having a third party also helps you as a franchisor but it also helps your franchisees ensure they have some good training. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Well, uh, there was a lot in that FDD. And I won't pick too much on that. It was a fascinating one to read. And I know that you also have the fee for your proprietary software, which you've talked about, but it sounds like that is just such a unique benefit. Eric, did we miss anything about that benefit for your franchisees? I could probably talk for three hours about the technology and what it does and and where it's going, Um, but maybe that's for a second conversation. That sounds great. But for now, it's nice to know that they have that support and it provides pricing strategies for them. And obviously, the mega store you've described benefits franchisees as well. Definitely sounds like you are advanced on technology. Just a couple more questions about the two of you. And, you know, Stephen and Eric, you really have accomplished a lot in your careers. I look at it and it's just it's just incredible. What are each of you most proud of? I think uh, for me, if I could take it first, just um, providing opportunity and, and seeing this brand grow from one laptop, one store now to almost 200 stores in, in development. Um, you know, in franchising, it's all about building wealth together, right? The franchise or the franchisees and just creating those jobs and creating opportunity and seeing these new new staff members come on and, and aspiring to be store owners. It's uh, it's really something special. Thank you, Stephen, for that information. Let's hear from Eric. So I, I think it's really just changing and not to sound too grandiose, but really just changing the planet. Uh, you know, we're starting with the U.S. as far as how they look at the secondhand industry, giving optionality. Um, not only to people that, you know, uh, the, the everyday people, but the people that need this to, to have access uh, to proper electronics. So it's just really changing the mindset, uh, empowering people uh, and just making, um, you know, the, the, the country and, and the planet a better place with more options. You know, Stephen, that's hard to argue because I do think about the uniqueness of this, not only for your customers, but for the environment. Definitely, there's opportunities to build that generational wealth, which I think is a real benefit of franchising. So excellent. Well, my last question is, what do you wish you had known before you started this journey in franchising? Eric, you want to start? Well, that's a tough one. It is a tough one. Uh, It is tough because I, you know, coming into this, uh, I did not have any background in franchising. Uh, As Stephen mentioned, putting the right people together and the team around us, it's been uh, more of an education for me and, and, and a learning curve. Uh, to really dive into franchising and just realize that this is this is a you know franchising is a major major contributor to the economy to jobs to opportunity it's 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 incredible so uh, I I'd have to just say that I'm still learning and and I wish I knew a little more about it but I'm learning so much so fast ah oh, that's great thank you Stephen 
You know, I, um, I I think we're on the right track here, but, um, you know, probably delegating earlier on, um, you know, Eric and I have, you know, strengths and, and we balance each, out, each other out well. Uh, we had a clear vision, even though, as Eric said, we're, we're still learning and I'm still even learning and evolving, even with my, um, you know, deep business background. Every day is a learning experience for me. But I think the delegation part of it, you know, because we wanted to make it perfect in the beginning and not make any mistakes, but, you know, mistakes are part of it. Learning's part of it. So maybe we would have delegated a little bit more to uh, our great staff, uh, maybe uh, you know a year or two in advance. But um, I got to say we've we've learned that certainly now, and and we have a great staff, and and we, we're you know growing by leaps and bounds you know every day. Today we're actually off to a grand opening today in uh, in Columbus, Ohio. So uh, Eric and I go to every single grand opening. In the next several weeks, we'll be at another several openings. So. Uh, we're growing every day and, and we're on the right right track for sure right now. Well, that's exciting. I wish you nothing but continued success. It's a it's a wonderful brand. So thank you so much for being with us today. It was all pleasure. Thanks for having me. Franchise U is brought to you by the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. For more information on the center, visit business.louisville.edu slash yumcgfe. Thank you for listening to Franchise You.